Most golfers would like to be able to play where the pros play. Sadly, we're not going to get on the PGA Tour, not with our skill set. However, you can still play where the pros have played if you put a bit of time and effort into it. This podcast tells you how to follow in the footsteps of giants. Welcome back to another episode of In the Footsteps of Giants, a podcast that's designed to get you up out of your armchair and heading off around the world looking to play in the footsteps of giants, to play the courses that your heroes play, come back, go to the bar in your local club and bore all your mates senseless with all your achievements. Yes, we've been doing that for over 30 years on the Renegade Players Tour and uh, to be perfectly honest, it hasn't got boring yet, certainly not for us. Anyway, joining me again tonight is my regular co-host and long-serving pal, Des, who's um, back for another uh, interesting evening here in the podcast studio. Yes, evening, Thor. Uh, uh, itching at the bit, so let's go for this. Do you know there's one or two tours we've been on where I would have felt itching at the bit would have been a bad description to yes, come back? <laughs> there was a couple of those, yes, I understand. <laughs> and, and we are really talking about things like, um, you know... Uh, Thorn bushes yes, and cacti. cacti and stuff. <laughs> In fact, um, we may well touch on cacti uh, a little a little later, just uh, because of our guest this I, evening. I totally connect, Martin. I do. Good, good. Because uh, I mean, you've been in the other episodes, so you would understand Correct. what I'm referring to. Anyway, our guest this evening joining us uh, in the studio is another one of our very long-serving mates um, who has been on the tour for over 25 years. Um, his official name is Peter. But we never refer to him as Peter. Uh, he's either called PK or uh, TD. What does TD stand for, uh, Pete? Um, Martin, uh, good evening. Thank you for asking me along. And good evening, Desmond. Good evening. Uh, TD, um, as you well know, stands for Top Dog. <laughs> and, and Top Dog is a reference to the fact that you are currently, and have been for a considerable number of years, the tour's low man. Uh, that's correct, although for a very brief period of time, I think a few years ago, I was not. And I noticed that you pointedly called me dog rather than top dog for that period of time <laughs> until my handicap was lower again. It was only a brief period of time, of course. Who, who, but who was the top man then? Okay. I, well, it wasn't Martin. No, uh, no. It wasn't, certainly wasn't you. Um, what? what? <laughs> certainly wasn't you. Uh, it was, I think, Kubal. That's uh, right. I also yes, known I also known as Cubal, and he Q-ball, has yeah. been a guest on this podcast yeah. in the past, and will no doubt be a guest again because the thing about our guests is they're cost effective. Yeah. I would never say cheap, <laughs> but they're definitely well, well, cost so effective. Far, Martin. Well, again, we're just about to start in. So, uh, TD, if you'd buckle up yeah. your seat and get ready, ready to go. Um, this is couple- a stool. This is a stool, not a seat. Well, <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm not particularly comfortable one either, but it's a stool. Do you know? Very interestingly, <laughs> this is the first guest that has actually spent the first couple of minutes on the podcast just complaining c- about c- stuff. Correct, correct. And it's it's not like him, Martin. Oh no, oh no, wait. Oh, it is like him. Yeah. Yes, yes. It's a little bit, a little bit like it. Anyway, just turning to your golfing achievements before yes. we start into tonight's actual mm. episode, you are the winner of 10 RPT majors. Yes. 
that's a that's a decent hole. It puts yeah. you as the tour low man into fifth position in the all time rankings. Yes. Behind naturally myself on nineteen. Des uh, you're myself on sixteen. Uh we then have uh a gentleman and a player that we don't name for legal reasons. Oh, no. <laughs> uh, then we have Cubal, who has yeah. 11, and yeah. you currently have 10. Hmm. Well done. But yeah. you are a specialist, an absolute specialist in the desert. We've been to mm. Arizona three times on tour. How mm. many of those tours have you won? I, I never like to mention it, Marty, but I think I won... Two or no, I actually won them all. I think yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the soft arrogance is coming through now. I, I think he's just um, soft arrogance would not be a standard description of our good mate TD, uh, a very, very talented golfer playing on our tour at the moment off around four. Uh, that's and, right, yeah. uh, which makes it difficult on some of these bigger championship courses to, mm. to play well. And yet somehow you have consistently managed to do it. It's either mm. that or we have consistently failed to do it and, and have helped mm. you uh, achieve your, your, your wins. Um, no, mainly the first one, Marty, I think. I, I would think that's that's most likely. <laughs> anyway, part of the reason that uh, TD is here this evening to uh, join us on the podcast is that tonight's episode is entitled Two Men at a Town Called Sheboygan. Now, about 18 months ago, if you'd actually used the word Sheboygan to me, I would not have had the first clue what, in fact, you were uh, talking about. But is that that uh, cool running with the Jamaica... Bobsleigh? No, no, sorry. sorry. Not. I'm not sure it is, um, <laughs> but uh, good reference. I like Cool Runnings was a good movie. Um, in late May uh, 2019, four of the Renegades uh, decided that uh, they would, well, we decided before they, at the end of May, um, but we decided that um, we were going to go on another epic road trip mm. while we're still young enough to do these things. And this road trip would include uh, Wisconsin, not something that a lot of people would instantly assume is a, a golfing destination. And then we would come back into Illinois and base ourselves in Chicago for several days and, and play some golf there. So when we went arrived and we flew into Chicago, uh, we then went north to Wisconsin. We got the van, loaded in all the kit and headed into Wisconsin. And I will come to Sheboygan in due course. But anyway, our, our tour started and we drove into the middle of the Wisconsin wilderness because I think that's not a bad description of Wisconsin. And we arrived at Erin Hills, which is a U.S. Open championship course that Brooks Kepka had won at only some 12 or 24 months prior to our arrival. I, I don't think that's why they allowed us to play, but it's um, yeah. they, they certainly wanted another major tour after they'd had the U.S. Open. PK, what was your first impression of arriving at Erin Hills in the middle of Wisconsin? I loved Erin Hills. Loved everything about Erin Hills. It was a um, fabulous welcome. Uh, the fact that one of the houses right beside the reception desk was called Royal County Down. Oh, uh, nice. It was very Irish feeling about the whole thing. Uh, I loved the fact we had a pint of Guinness in our hand with five minutes after arriving. Uh, it was very sort of ladsy sort of place. It was uh, you, you had your room and your little key, the little old fashioned key. Um, Sounds classy, it was, American. It was lovely. It was really, no, it was it was fabulous and a, and a lovely outside bar. It was the first decent day that had all spring. Apparently, was when we arrived. We're sitting outside uh, by the fire. We had a lovely pint of Guinness, and I played lovely golf. 
Well, we'll get we'll get to your lovely lovely golf in a second. Yeah, no, we can not get to sooner than that. Well, we, we, by the time I've edited it, it'll feel sooner. Yeah, yeah, um, but do you remember arriving at the front door and the very first thing they told us that Wisconsin is famous for? Cheese. <laughs> and that is in fact true. Des, do you have? Oh, oh. Absolutely, Martin. Um, now, I have to add that I was not one of you lucky four people to play this place. Mm. But yes, it is famous for its cheese. It's actually known as America's Dairyland because uh, I've been doing a few little checks on this, you know. Um, <laughs> and it actually produces about a quarter of the cheese in America. Would you believe that? Yeah, go for that. Certainly on the amount that was presented yeah, so to us I'm, in the six days we were in Wisconsin. I'm it was only a quarter, actually, but it seemed to, uh, it seemed to be their only claim yeah. to fame. Well, of course, my uh, favourite uh, NFL team, Martin, as you know. The Green Bay Packers. Is in Wisconsin. And, uh, yes, they usually have a bit of cheese on their, their caps as they go to the they match. They, they're known as the Cheeseheads. That's and right. We, uh, at, at a certain point on this particular tour, were no more than 60 miles from Lambeau Field. Oh, Green Bay uh, The Packers. legendary Lambeau Field. And I, I may have indicated to the lads, would it be nice that we took a little detour and went and saw Lambeau Field? Yeah. No. no. Was the general <laughs> You weren't even I was, thinking of me. I was disappointed in my not as well. I really yeah. was. I do like Green Bay Packers <laughs> for a certain reason, Martin. I mean, the colours. Yeah, yeah. They, they, they are very nice. I'll not go any further than that. Mm. People can research. Yeah. Um, but I would add, as, as uh, I think a Denver Broncos fan. I am Thor? definitely a yes. Denver Broncos fan. Thor is a Denver Broncos but. What you colour do, do they play in mainly? Well, I wouldn't even be interested. I've just realised they play in orange. Oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> well, listen, that's green Bay uh, Packers, red, white and blue. Uh, no, no, Green no. Bay Packers are a lovely green, white and... Uh, sort of orangey white and, uh, gold. Orange, sort of yes. Orange, orange, yeah, yes, orange, yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Aaron Hills, we've arrived at. It, you, you're staying on a kind of campus feel. It, it's definitely very much, it's a golf resort. You're not mm. going there for any other purpose. Nope. And the next morning we tee off on what I would describe as one of the longest walks in a really big field yes. that I've ever been on. And I'm not knocking the golf course. I really enjoyed the golf course. I thought it was an excellent golf course. And the, the whole experience at Aaron Hills, I would give five stars to. Yes. But it was a long old walk around it, wasn't it? I think the term a long walk in a big field is the sort of thing you describe for sort of, sort of a, maze, a maze or something. Well, I was thinking rock might actually. Yeah, but or rock might, yeah. But <laughs> I, th I think I was slightly, um, I have slightly derogatory to Aaron Hills. I, I thought it was better than that. I think it was a long walk in a lovely uh, cultivated golf course. What is the average acreage used for a golf course in Northern Ireland? I would have thought about 100. No, you're, that's small, that's small. I would estimate, Marty, you're probably more on about 150. 30, 150 acres. Ideally, you want to be in the 120 to 150 yeah, acre mark. Yeah, yeah, okay. Erin yeah. Hills covers 600 <laughs> acres. For, yes, one, is, for, one, for golf one golf course. course. One okay. single golf course, it which is, is why I described <laughs> it as a very big walk in a very big field with no disrespect intended. <laughs> it it three, is the it? only golf course I have ever been at where when we came off one hole on a walking course when you had caddies, yeah. where they had a buggy waiting for you 
to drive you the 700 yards to the next tee. That's right, I remember that. I I just think in 600 acres, there must be a few par nines. Well, there were were certainly one or two par fives that I couldn't reach in three. There were were big par fives. And it was a windy day. And there were big par fours, big par fours. And the the rough went on, it was 100 yards wide on each side. Oh dear. It was was a a big gap. It wasn't that you would hit one off your fairway and hope to go onto somebody else's fairway, like you might at Royal Belfast or something. If you went off a fairway, there was just rough forever and you, yes. were, you weren't getting No, we've there. played together at Florida and Arizona. Yeah. What's the wildlife in that rough? Absolutely or, nothing that we really no. were warned no about. Snakes. No I wasn't in the rough, so I don't know. But, no, uh, but, the, but the, others, the others tell me that apparently they were, like, they were little, yes. were little squeaky things going squeak, 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 <laughs> and running around in there. You will have discovered that PK is Mr. Arrogance on our tour. Yeah. We were about to leave Erin Hills the mm. next day. Uh, it was a 24-hour stay at Erin Hills. In fact, not even quite 24 mm. hours. And it was just fantastic it from start fantastic. to finish. But one of our um, playing partners, uh, the the legend that is Slap, mm. uh, he produced from his bag of tricks for going in this tour, he produced some items that we then proceeded to wear at every golf course as we went around Wisconsin and back into Illinois. Do you want to uh, illuminate yes. our, our listeners? Well, first of all, the surprise was that Slap had done anything. <laughs> yes, uh, right. he, uh, he is the he number would, one passenger. He's a passenger. He relies on the fact that he's you know moderately entertaining, so people <laughs> people kind of tolerate his um, his lack of doing anything. Um, yes. And uh, but on this occasion, he actually made a contribution. Uh, he produced from his uh, case or from his bag four hats, like you would see in the Blues Brothers. Oh, and four sets of sunglasses, and four, and indeed, he even produced that as well. Four sets of sunglasses. No, I think the sunglasses were ninety nine p specials, but they were, they yeah, were. you know, they, they were shaped yeah. in the right way. And so, but it, he'd gone to the trouble. That was the yeah. point. Yeah, every <laughs> major venue, everywhere we went on that tour, we then were able to get a, a set of photographs looking like the mm. Blues Brothers. Apart from the fact we looked slightly ridiculous at times, I think it got a few laughs and a it's few a, people certainly took took some photographs. Digressing, because we do like to digress we, in the podcast we'll, like yeah, this. Sometimes we you, trans. You do. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, well, you we, do. we try and keep it. Sometimes we'll trans because we try to keep it modern, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Trans, trans is better than die. Anyway, in digressing for a split second, mm. our good friend Slap uh, was on a tour with us in 2017 in Arizona, mm. where he managed one morning to get up, walk into the kitchen uh, as I was cooking breakfast for everybody. Mm. He sat down, he took his bacon butty, he had some cereal, he took mm. his bacon butties. <laughs> he proceeded then to give us the cricket scores prior to heading back to his room to put his suntan lotion on and get ready for golf as I cleared <laughs> up his breakfast dishes <laughs> behind him, having cooked his breakfast. Oh, he's like slap, yeah. Not a slap, yeah. Passenger. Not a slap. So I, I do have to say the, the reference to a passenger, so mm. slap, producing the hats and being part, having mm. thought ahead to do something. Do you know, that was a nice touch. It, it kind of felt like we were all doing something uh, yeah. to make this tour work. So yeah. we left Erin uh, Hills and uh, proceeded north to the little town of Cooler in mm. Wisconsin, which is famous for what? Well, Cooler, as, as you'll know, as you've seen the name and you've um, probably... Uh, seen it many times uh, on your toilet bowl um, <laughs> and on other uh, other appliances, bathroom type appliances. So it is famous for bathroom appliances, uh, showers and toilets. 
It is was, it? in fact, at one point, I think, the largest sanitary wear mm. manufacturer in the United States of America. Could I and add, this is Kohler with a K? It is Kohler Correct. with a K. Correct. I'm connecting now. Thank you. Right. So do you have uh, some information on, on Kohler or not? Well, no, actually, I don't. No, no. I was, well, do you know the capital of Wisconsin, PK? Madison. Oh, I'm impressed. I am impressed. That is a that is a great <laughs> answer. Well done. Now, do you know Wisconsin actually touches the coastline of two of the Great Lakes? Mm-hmm. Lake Michigan. Correct. And I would imagine Erie. Incorrect. Interestingly, that's yeah. exactly what I said yeah, 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 in, yeah. In yesterday when we were playing golf together. Yeah, Des and yeah, I, he yeah. said, I have a couple of questions for yes. uh, TD tomorrow night. Mm. Lake Superior. It's, superior, yeah. Which Michigan it superior. is amazing you don't know mm. that yeah, it's Lake Superior. Yeah. It is your type of lake. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, yes, it would. Well, <laughs> the other thing which I think could associate with PK here is what is the name of the state, the nickname of the state of Wisconsin? The Dairy State. No, it's not the Dairy State. It's actually the Badger State. The Badger ah. State? Oh, that's a much better name. This links yeah. back to... Yeah. Uh, I'm the... positively nervous at this point. <laughs> yes, well, no, name. this is why I thought I'd better, <laughs> I, I better yes, keep this clear. Uh, no, no, it was all about the mines in the uh, 19th century. and They were lead mines. Oh, yeah. And uh, the workers in the winter, of course, the very harsh winters up there, they used mm. to bury themselves into caves around the mines, and hence uh, the Badger State evolved. Oh. That is an interesting fact. Very interesting fact, yeah. Do you know, it, it's those little, I've said it before on the podcast as we've been doing it, Des, that we're not just here to entertain, we're actually educating people. Well, what's that to do with Badgers? Because <laughs> <laughs> they're like Badgers. Because badgers they, all, they, all had, they all had a woman in the cave. Oh, no, sorry, no, 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 let's not leave, I believe that, I believe that. Badgers don't live in caves. No, what do, what do badgers live in? Uh, sets. Correct. You see, <laughs> oh my God, I, I, is, there any, anyway. is there any floor to my knowledge? Oh. Now, the major reason we went to Kohler in Wisconsin is mm. because Kohler is the home of some fantastic golf courses, but mm. most particularly, and in my view, certainly the reason I had signed up to go on this particular tour, the course I most wanted to play, mm. it is the home of Whistling Straits. Yes. Now, Whistling Straits, a lot of people won't know. There are two good courses at Whistling Straits. There is the the second course, which is called the Irish. Mm. And then there is the main course, which is just called the Straits, although we will always refer to it as Whistling Straits. And then Kohler themselves, uh, they own both those golf courses, and they also own two other courses there, which are the Black Wolf Run courses, one of which is the River Course, which we played, and then there's the Meadows course, which we didn't actually play because we only had a certain number of days. So we have arrived at Kohler, and we have checked into two hotels. Mm. The first one told us we didn't have a booking, despite the fact we thought we did, and they sent us to their sister hotel, which turned out to be first-rate hotel, no problem with it at all, except that it... Best room I've ever had on a tour. It was a (laughs) fabulous, Mm. huge room with everything. On, On your own for a change? And on my own as well. Oh, well, actually, all four, all mm. four of us had had um, our own room at the Inn on the Lake, which is, mm. as you know, on these tours, extraordinarily unusual because mm. we're right. frequently two or three people yes. in a room to try and make this all work. 
But that night, we had our first big night out in a small town called Sheboygan, where Scotty, uh, who makes regular appearances Scotty, on this um, guy again, yes, yeah, on this podcast without ever actually making an appearance so far oh, on this no, podcast, no, no. Yeah. Um, but he had sourced a craft beer. Uh, location called mm. Craft 30 that we drove mm. to, which is great for me as their driver and non-drinker to go to a craft mm. beer shop. The, the excitement of doing that is is quite limited. And I think you went there as well because you either wanted to taste, it was either rhubarb beer or grapefruit beer that you'd read about. There was some weird yeah, concoction, so, so, uh, which turned out, I think, to be pretty horrible. Oh, it was horrendous, yeah. Um, but it introduced... It's, it's yeah, it was horrendous, yeah. <laughs> why, I drink Guinness. Why would I drink rhubarb <laughs> beer? Yeah? Well, it does but suit your personality, is, to be why honest. Why would I do that? You know, I just I turn up at this place and I drink rhubarb beer and wonder why it's disgusting. And you know, Anyway, sorry, Marty. And we, <laughs> we, we interacted and had a very entertaining time with some locals. And well, you uh, interacted with the locals. You were... Uh, I became their they, new best mate for some bizarre of, reason. For some reason, they found you most entertaining of us. <laughs> uh, I think they'd never been fully they, uh, exposed latched, to sarcasm before. They latched on to you. I think, I think yes, maybe you're probably the most American of us because you're a wee bit, you're quite earnest, you know. So I suspect that they, uh, I suspect they latched on to you as one of their own. And they couldn't understand us with our sarcastic senses of humour. No, but um, they did yes. introduce you to something that became semi-legendary on that tour and that is Three Sheep's Beer. Oh yes, yes, yes. Three sheep's. Yeah, that, that was nicer than the rhubarb beer. I have to say. Okay. I also, I also <laughs> mentioned to the guys. These are the guys that Marty was so chummy with. I said, "Well, actually, guys, if you want me saying the plural of sheep is sheep, not sheep." <laughs> <laughs> and they, and they, and, and they, they looked at me and said, "Go away, Marty's our friend." <laughs> so I, 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 that is actually reasonably yeah, true. That is true. They, they, I they, can they believe that. Me. They looked at me. sort of go away. And I'm not used. To, I'm not used to people saying to me, "Go away." We'd rather talk to Marty. Uh, that, that, that has okay. never happened before. So these, that, that's what this town was like, Desmond. It's not this time. Not as suited you. If this town's got sheep, I think we're all getting a picture. Yes. We started the next day. We played Black Wolf Run which was an excellent golf course. We didn't really think we were going to get to play it because we woke up to mm. a thunderstorm, lightning. Mm. When we got to the golf course, we were delayed until mm. oh, two hours after our tea time. Can, I, can uh, I just add again? The Americans really do. What's that one called? Black? Broken Twig. Beth Page Black <laughs> Broken <laughs> Twig. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Desert, desert Dunes. Yeah, yeah. You know? yeah. I know, I, but I, th- I do think, you know, yeah. the name of a golf course sells it to you as well. You don't go and play Daisy Meadows. No. But no, you do go no. and play Whistling Straits. Yes. You couldn't get excited over the maze. But, you know, Grey Wolf. No. Yes, yes. I want to play Grey Wolf. El Conquistador. <laughs> yeah. You see, those that sounds are, hard. That sounds, if you play uh, El Conquistador, you are hard. That's in Italy, isn't it? Yeah, that's in Italy, yeah. And it's, it's beautiful there, like Pizza and all around it, you know. But the, uh, El, you play El Conquistador and youth come off and you tell them, I, I played El Conquistador. And I yes. got it right. You sound like a real man. Yeah, you sound yes. like a real man, yes. yes. You, do. you say, you I do. played the maze, you sound like a mug. <laughs> steady, <laughs> steady. We're still looking for sponsorship. Do you know what? The owner of the maze might become a regular uh, listener to this be. podcast. And can I say we have played that course many times, had a lot of fun on it. Mm. it Maybe not the best conditioned course we mm. ever play on, but it has mm. been there and, and enabled us to play on many a wet Tuesday evening. Black Wolf Run, good day yeah. out. Lovely golf course. Lovely, Lovely golf, golf course. course. Yeah. 
But for me, it, it was all about uh, still waiting to go play the two courses that yes. I really wanted, yeah. which was the next day we went and played the Irish at Whistling Straits. Marty, does that explain your poor score at Blackwood's Run and the fact that you were waiting for the main event the next day or, or just... The- no, I, I've, I've explained in this podcast before <laughs> yeah. that every so often when we go to some of these really good courses, I get overly excited. And yeah, I, yeah, I'm just, yeah. I, I, I don't settle for a day or two. And mm. then, you know, it takes me a while and then I'll have a really good round somewhere. Generally, it won't be enough to win the whole tour, but you'll have yeah. a good round and that's those are the memories you bring back. But um, I thought this was a first-rate golf course. I would happily go and play yeah, was, yeah. Uh, Black Wolf Run again, mm. uh, preferably in slightly better weather conditions than the day we got. Mm. But when we woke up the next morning, it was beautiful. And we, we discovered by then we'd moved into uh, the American Club. Mm. Now, the American Club at Kohler is where the players will stay mm. when they go to play the Ryder Cup, which is now the, the rescheduled Ryder mm. Cup. Um, at uh, Whistling Streets in 2021. It should have been in September uh, 2020, but it in fact will be in 2021. The American Club is without a doubt the most fantastic tour location that we have ever had the privilege to to set foot in. Um, uh, it's, uh, it's mad, it's, it's bonkers. Slightly, uh, yes, it's... It's just insane. It's a slightly unusual place, Marty. It's um, it, it, it was well. It was developed. It was originally yeah. housing for Mister Kohler's mm. factory workers, yeah. and he built this huge complex that he housed his factory workers in after he came over to America as an immigrant. And he then built the town and built the factory. The factory around it. I mean, Kohler is theirs. Yeah. It is. A, a, a town that they have built. And the American Club, a number of years ago, was converted into effectively a hotel and uh, to service the golf courses. And it is just mad. It's enormous. It has the largest underground car park I have ever seen. Mm. I mean, bonkersly big. And, you know, hundreds and hundreds of car parking spaces. And whilst that may not be overly interesting to Des, who actually wasn't on this particular tour. <laughs> he's fidgeting in his chair. It, it, fa- he, it fascinates he's, me. He doesn't want to hear about underground car parking. But park. there's a good reason why they have this <laughs> yeah. enormous underground car park. Why do you think it is, Des? Well, Martin, I don't want to add anything more that I know that Wisconsin, the early settlers from Wisconsin were all Scandinavian and, and German. And I presume Kohler is K-O-H-L-E-R. Uh, no, it's K-O-H-L-E-R. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Another one from Coltra. Uh, no, I think you'll find it's K-O-H-L-E-R. Um, but, um, no, I wouldn't like to think if there's a Scandinavian or German influence, I'll not go any further with the underground car park. Okay, it wasn't that. It's the fact. <laughs> it's the fact that the, the weather parking. in the winter yeah, is yeah. so cold and yeah. frozen that underground car parking was essential to keep oh, the cars from. Oh, sorry, is that the Badger State? It is the Badger State. I, I mm. imagine if you'd only known that. The Badgers movie. don't live in underground car parks either. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. They live in sets, but this is their car parking for oh, the sets. Of course, yeah. yeah. Because of course, there's no point in leaving the car outside the set. No, the no. Correct. Right, sorry, Marty. I sound corrected. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, moving moving on swiftly. The next morning, we wake up. Beautiful day, and. Mm. We head off for our first visit to Whistling Straits, the complex, uh, where we had breakfast on the terrace. Oh, that was fabulous. 
overlooking oh. the 18th green, possibly one of the great breakfasts well, on our tour. Very happy memory that was. It was a beautiful morning, uh, a beautiful view over a gorgeous course right on the lake, and the food was lovely and the service was fabulous. Magnificent place. And uh, then we go out and do a little bit of warm-up on the practice ground because we are the consummate pros when we're yeah, on tour. Yeah, we, yeah. we like that opportunity to, to warm up, hit the ball 130, 140 yards, yards to get ourselves warmed <laughs> up. To a cold breeze, yes. And uh, off we went to play the Irish mm. course, which was, if, if, if that had been the only course at Whistling Straits, it would have been a pretty good been, golf course. It would have been very acceptable, yes. Very, very acceptable. acceptable. Again, scoring was a bit mixed that day. Mm. It, was, it was breezy. Um, when you say mixed, you mean, you mean bad. I, I like mixed. <laughs> you know, there, there was, was a nothing, mix. It was mixed in that we were all bad and there were no good scores. So having finished playing the Irish course at Whistling Straits on an absolutely magnificent day out and then uh, staying in the clubhouse and having a quick pint of three sheep, so I think was the mm. choice of you boys and a, as oh. usual an orange juice for me, we drive back uh, to uh, the American club in Kohler get changed for a big night out in Sheboygan. Mm. Uh, we had fallen in love with the place a couple of nights earlier when we went down. And so we thought we would head back and we went to another craft beer pub in the middle of Sheboygan on a Sunday night. Mm. Now, the one thing you should know about downtown Sheboygan on a Sunday night, it's empty. It's as small town America goes, it was as quiet as it could be. So I think there were a total of about six people in this pub. And any sheep? No. Uh, not actually in no. the pub at the time. Okay. I think although the boys were drinking the sheeps. Yes, okay. Uh, but so we, we looked up and we discovered that we could get a quick booking and we moved down the street to Rupp's Steakhouse. Now this is a recommended eatery in Sheboygan. And... Um, the only way I can really describe it when you go into it, it's like going back into the 60s, early 70s yeah. and going to a mafia-run restaurant and just imagine the, the red plastic leather seats, the, the sort of booth style, um, a very pleasant waitress who looked after us. There were very few customers. It was like there was a global pandemic or something going on. And... <laughs> Uh, it was, they were very pleasant They were very, very pleasant uh, You could pay extra to get the buffet salad, I think I think we did pay extra for the buffet did. salad and that was a mistake Because it was. I think it had been out for a day or two I think it had been out for um, a day or two And I think and I think it hadn't been eaten for quite some time, really I, I thought it was a mistake <laughs> But uh, the steak was actually okay My steak yeah. was, was pretty good Now, our good friend okay. Slap yeah. Doesn't like to undereat when he goes on one of these tours. No. What no. did he order on top of? He got a steak and... Uh, he always gets a lobster tail, doesn't he? He did. Always. He got he, a lobster just, tail again. He knows how to fleece his mates as well, you know. Now, he does enter, He gets away with it because he's entertaining. He yeah. does nothing and he fleeces us. Look, all but I want He's entertaining, to know, so we, that's fine. I wasn't there <laughs> and I just want to know, did Martin get his non-drinkers discount that night? Uh... Well, the standard is five percent, um, and, <laughs> and I, I'm sure he got it. Hold I, I would have insisted could, on. Could it. I just go? On? Did he yeah. storm out of the restaurant? No, that, no, he, then, no he, he, then, he, then he did get he his non-drinkers. I'm always make sure. I always share well, fairness, and I say to take five percent off Marty's contribution <laughs> right now. Immediately take it off, and he can put it back in again if he likes his form for a tip or something, or to you know just be one of the guys, but. He didn't. Uh, he took the 5% off, and that's fine. I respect that. Understood. He's allowed his 5% off. 
So we left, walked yeah. down Main Street, Sheboygan, mm. in the darkness, in a complete isolation. Yeah, no absolutely. There, there wasn't no a car. There was nothing. No. We get into the, oh. the, the van and we leave Sheboygan oh. behind us, a place that will forever hold mm. a dear little memory in my heart. Dear? There, there was, was a, slight, as well. a slight feeling of sadness when we left it, really, because I thought mm. we, we, we'll never be back here again, nor would we want to. <laughs> and so there was a little feeling of sadness. Just, was, but was there a, was also a high yeah. level of excitement. And Marty's mates were there as well. They, they were there to wave us out. <laughs> 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 they, they were standing at the at the motorway exit just waiting for us, and they waved us off, and there were tears in their eyes. I think they're, they're still the waiting friend, for us to turn up at the Three the only friend, Bar. The only friend from outside Jeborg in any of them I've ever had, and <laughs> it was Marty. And they chose Marty. Marty was the chosen one, and they were waving them off, and oh, it was touching. It was touching. <laughs> But it meant that when we went back to the American club that night, uh, the next morning we were going to play Whistling Straits. And we get up the next morning, packed up, left the American club, having taken our uh, photographs with the doormen in our Blues Brothers uh, outfits. They they looked suitably impressed with us and uh, drove back out. We uh, we teed off at Whistling Straits. It's number three public course. And... But in terms of difficulty, as mm. you play, it, it, it does something that no other course has ever done, which is where I played it and the day we played it, Lake Michigan, mm. you cannot see the edge of it. It's yeah. like looking out over the ocean. You just are convinced you're looking at an ocean. It's a lake. And this thing is, v- I mean, vast, it is beyond yeah. vast. vast yeah. And, and you're looking at it and thinking, that, that lake unless I'm mistaken, goes all the way down to Chicago. Yeah. And that's quite oh, a long way yeah. south of here. So with the wind whistling in as it did and mm. the, the name of Whistling Streets, and I've got a feeling I'd have to check, but I think it's got over 1,100 bunkers on the golf course. That's right. It's about 1,000 bunkers, I think, yeah. And it, it is a challenging design. There are mm. some of the par threes that certainly off the Ryder Cup tees, uh, you need to be as good as those boys are to even contemplate hitting the golf ball to where you need to hit it. But I would have to say of of our tour golf courses, it is rare that I have enjoyed a round as much at a first time on a golf course. Just I was in awe of the place. Played reasonable golf, didn't it? Didn't end up. I think that my score that day was only 27 or 28 points. Um it was probably the best score. It wasn't. Uh, no. It was slap. Slap was better by three, um, but uh, it, it was just such a, a good. And for me, seventeen and eighteen on that golf course, the par three and the par four, which you managed to achieve two pars on. Well, the only reason I did that, I played like a complete numpty all day, uh, and then I think Slap felt safe offering me twenty dollars if I parred the last two holes. Oh, so of course. Uh, Oregon PK? No, it is. You know, you get a thing like that. Well, I am definitely going to do this. And I did. <laughs> so you get good putts in both holes. He did indeed. Yeah. And you know, 17th is a spectacularly oh, difficult par three along this edge of the of Lake Michigan. But 18 is regularly reported to either be the most difficult or the second most difficult hole that the PGA Tour play. And it is the hole that famously Dustin Johnson lost a major on when he oh, didn't realise yes. that uh, he was actually in a bunker. He bunker, thought he was yes. in a waste area and he was penalised oh, and lost the USPGA yes. championship mm, there. I remember. But I was alongside Dustin's bunker with my drive. I suspect off a tee a little further forward than his mm. tee had been. But I was playing a shot from 
very close to where he was hitting it. And my approach, having hit a good drive and it being basically uh, not into the wind, I was sort of downwind, I hit a full five iron that came up just short and into the bunker. And the bunker is a full 10 feet below the green. Probably more. It really was. And I was already holding the camels, which is another... Uh, way to have fun on a golf course if you want to lose money to your mates. Um, <laughs> Please God, you had at least 30 camels at that stage. Oh, I hope so. Uh, <laughs> and I managed <laughs> to pitch it up and make my par. Oh, no. Well, I wouldn't I wouldn't normally compliment him, but actually it was a fabulous golf show. <laughs> and, and I, I didn't am, think he was getting out. Well played, sir. He, he, I didn't think he was getting out. I thought this is, it's, it was, you were looking on top of Marty's head. As he was taking yes. the shot, I was looking at the bunker, and you so, were looking well. So you could, what, have, you could have leant over and given him a little slap on the top of the head. Yeah, but you're actually implying that he could have thrown it out. No, no, it's oh, it's on film. I have clear film <laughs> of me okay. hitting a golf shot. Yeah. Well, he could have thrown it out, but I'm pretty sure I saw him hit it out with that okay. club. I'm pretty okay. sure. He could, yeah. <laughs> and again, a very, you make a good point. Maybe I didn't see him do that. A very <laughs> small but interesting fact Mm. from that particular day, and you would go of all the golf courses in America Mm. and everything that goes on, what are the chances that the caddy you get that day Mm. will be the exact same caddy you got at TPC Scottsdale 18 months earlier? That's bizarre, I remember Uh, that. What? I've forgotten that. Yes, we got Ryan, Ryan who plays, who does six months a year as a caddy at Scottsdale and then moves north and does whistling straights in the summer because it's too hot at Scottsdale. And it was about halfway round, I suddenly looked at him and I went, that's the same guy we had last (laughs) in November when we were in in Scottsdale. And I, I said to him, I think you caddied for us about 18 months ago. Mm. And he goes, I caddy for a lot of people. <laughs> good. But it was, it was yeah. definitely the same bloke, um, which... It's, it's, a shame, just, it's a shame we were less memorable than that. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, you had no idea who we were. I'll tell you what, now, uh, how much do you pay for a caddy? At, or is it all involved in the one fee? You, you, get, you get paid, you pay at Whistling Straits, your, your fee includes your caddy, caddy fee, okay, okay. But, yep. but you then tip them yep. yourself. Yep. And so, um, but I mean, uh, uh, I have to say, and we've said in the podcast many times, these tours are about getting the golf courses. We will save yeah, money course. on other things, but we'll yeah. pay the money for the golf course. Whistling Straits, you should absolutely go and play, but it isn't a cheap option. It's one of the ones that probably cost us $350 yeah, yeah. as a base, yeah. you know, green fee, which is, you know, 220 pounds mm-hmm. that's a lot of money mm-hmm. but it is absolutely well worth it uh, yeah. when you see what you're actually yeah. going to play and there are packages available this is in the footsteps of giants and you'll be watching this course next year next september in the Ryder cup so but you see that's this the is point. why you do these things this is why this Correct. is why we do this we, we, we were doing all of these things long before we thought of doing a podcast we were doing this for our own enjoyment to actually go and play on the courses that the pros played so we finish up and we've played Whistling Straits. We've sat and had a pint of three sheeps. We've reminisced already on the small moments of glory and the, the, the pain and misery that the golf course had caused us. Um, and it's a very quick final story on that. We, we all hit fantastic shots into the wind on the 15th. We turned and we're coming back into the wind. We hit fantastic drives and I get up to the top of the hill and TD and I are sitting more or less level. The other two boys are 10 yards behind us. And only 10 yards. Yeah. And my, the caddy Ryan looks at me and says, great shot. You hit that 170 yards (laughs) and into the wind, 
We yeah. did it 170 on a 430-yard par four, and you're just going, oh, flipping heck. Yeah, yeah. but you'll take that. <laughs> yeah. But my memories of Whistling yeah. Straits, outstanding. Oh, outstanding. Absolutely. Uh, so we, it was worth the tour just for there. That That is uh, my view too. Yeah. We leave Whistling Straits, we get in the van, and we are now going into the middle of nowhere. We're going to the middle of Wisconsin to a new resort that was built a couple of years ago by the guy who owns Bandon Dunes, which is in Oregon. And um, we go to the middle of Wisconsin to a place called Sand Valley, which has got two golf courses, uh, Sand Valley and Mammoth Dunes. Mm. Great location, Mm. super on-site accommodation, great on-site food, quite a cost-effective choice to go and do. But it is in the middle of nowhere, and we did sort of get lost going there. I remember being very scared as well. Uh, we were lost. <laughs> I'm scared of country people. <laughs> okay. <laughs> we were very scared, scared yes. very scared. I, I think these people would have would have killed us. Did deliverance come to mind here? It did. It did. We, were, we were running these little tiny little roads, and then we were going back up and read little tiny roads, and then turning around and backing out again quickly. <laughs> and somebody suggested we should go and ask somebody where the golf club is. And I said, no, no, <laughs> no, let's no, not do, do that. that. Don't you open know, windows. Not, we'll be fried in a spit or something. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> and slap, I have to say, slap, no, no, no brave soul, to be fair. Yeah, I would even love more to have seen those pictures. Oh, he was even more scared. He was, he was. Uh, uh, here is a very quick tour tip and yeah. something that you do need to make sure if you're doing one of these tours is, as the driver that that's one job. Mm. You need a good navigator, and Scotty, who is on our tour frequently, is is a world class. Scotty, we have oh mentioned. We have before. mentioned. Sorry. Yeah. Yes, yes. Um, he is a world class <laughs> navigator, and we have done thousands and thousands of miles with me driving and him navigating, and we generally get placed. This is one of the few times uh, that we have been lost without really a clue of where we were trying to get to because there it, it was just it was right in the middle of as we've described it farmland dairyland all the rest of it but we eventually found sand valley we had two great days there playing okay. golf yeah. um very entertaining i think i lost the camels again at mammoth dunes there's another few dollars to your mates and i didn't lose the camels on sand valley on the final day well the highlight was when marty pulled a trick on us he pulled a trick on us. Yo, he fooled us. Not Marty. He did. Oh, he's an entertaining one too. Or Marty. Marty. Uh, he got, he, he'll tell you himself, but he got this guy. He got this guy up. And I, he'll tell you himself, but this guy, totally convincing. He had us, he had us hook, line and sinker. He pulled us in. The so story was, did. I got up early in the morning, which is not unusual. I was outside doing a little bit of filming. That's not unusual. I got started. I, I started talking to the starter. Very nice guy called uh, Keith. And uh, Keith, uh, I said, wouldn't it be funny if later on when I come down, you suddenly go, Martin. I go, <laughs> Keith. And he goes, I haven't seen you in 20 years. I, and and we did this whole routine, worked all this out, the whole routine, that um, he was a long lost cousin. So we turn up a couple of hours later, the boys, no clue, anything else. We turn up and I'm walking up and he starts talking to the boys and then he looks over at me and then he looks back at them and they're looking at him and then he looks back over at me and he goes, Martin? <laughs> I go, yeah. I, uh, Keith? And he goes, yes. I said, I, let's sake, I haven't seen you since you moved to the States. And he goes, and we did this whole routine, the boys hook, line and sinker in there that Martin had met a long lost second cousin. And his lovely wife, Rita, who uh, was also working at the place, 
she was wired into the whole thing as well. She was ready to play her part, except by the time we met Rita, the boys knew. Um, I'd owned up to the fact that I'd never met Keith until about two hours before. Lovely guy, great fun, little bit of childish entertainment. But also um, at, at, at Sand Valley, we had the most enormous thunder and lightning storm as well one night yeah. where, I mean, it was just brutal and you're going, there's no way the golf course will be open in the morning. Woke up the next morning, clear blue sky, golf course perfect, sand-based, mm. thing dry as a bone, fantastic. The only thing is, would I travel all that way to the middle of Wisconsin to play Sand Valley and Mammoth Dunes again? No. <laughs> and I, th- I think that's, yeah. that sums it up as well. It was, it was yeah. worth doing once. I would travel to Kohler to play Whistling Straits, the Irish, Black mm. Wolf Run. I would go back to Aaron Hills in a heartbeat. I would probably not go out. Set the bar very high, Marty, with the first two places. Have we gone to Sand Valley first? Yeah, look, I wouldn't not recommend somebody to go do it, but since I think the vast majority of our listeners um, aren't going to put Wisconsin at the top of their list to mm. go play, but if they do, they'll probably try for Whistling Straits or Aaron Hills ahead of Sam Valley this, and Mammoth Dunes. After this Marty, of course, they put Wisconsin number one. <laughs> well, I, I don't know. I, I, I think he'd be selling it any better. <laughs> it really was magnificent. Yeah. Yeah. So as a final thing, as we, as we were leaving Sand Valley, we had our absolute Blues Brothers moment. We've got the hats on, the sunglasses on, and I have just realised that it is 247 miles to Chicago. <laughs> Did you we, have a full tank? We had a full tank of gas, half a packet of cigarettes, yeah. and we were wearing sunglasses. And that was when we headed for Chicago and uh, what we're going to call part two of this uh, Wisconsin and Illinois uh, road trip. And so that we'll be back to talk about that uh, just a little bit later. So, on behalf of In the Footsteps of Giants, my name is Martin. Oh, my name is Legendary. And I'm only a guest, so I'm probably not allowed, but uh, my name's PK. And uh, yeah. we hope to see you very soon on another episode of In the Footsteps of Giants. Mm-hmm.